Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who I believe is quoted in the song Ocean Breeze Salty from Modest Mouth with the quote, Good luck. For your sake, I hope heaven and hell are, are really there, but I wouldn't hold my breath. Here's my co-host from the left coast, Wayne Fugate. Hola, Ben. I mean... So for this episode, we have a special guest. He's a referral from a recent guest, Rob Baird. He's in the process of releasing his debut full-length record, but in the meantime, he's been releasing a few songs, including Pretty Flowers, and This Is Better Than Heaven. Please welcome to the podcast, Parker Chapin. What's up, guys? It's good to be here. How we doing? It's a little wet and rainy in Austin, Texas, but uh, we're hanging in there. It's better than that, uh, that freeze we had, so... Anything's better. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, so we just recorded with, uh, blue water highway. We, we tried to record with them. What about a month ago, Wayne, when the whole freeze thing happens. So we, we logged in and we're sitting there. It's past the time. Nothing's happening from, from, from them. Um, they didn't have power to even tell us, Oh, by the way, we're not going to be on tonight for this recording so yeah that was weird when was the last time you guys had um you guys had uh uh snow there in austin uh i think it's like once a year it'll be like sleet and a flurry but like i think it's been a hundred years since it's been something like that yeah yeah Yeah. but uh it's like once i I grew up in like north texas so it it was at least once a year you know okay what part of North Texas? Uh, Fort Worth area. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Um, premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music, but as we do at the beginning of each podcast episode, I ask the all-important question. I'm going to start with Wayne. What T-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing a Minnesota's own Twin Tone Records. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Parker, how about you? What t-shirt are you wearing? I am wearing, I, uh, I bought a guitar at the, uh, the Gibson showroom in Austin, Texas, and I'm wearing a, uh, a Gibson, uh, ringer shirt, but, uh, Wayne wanted me to elaborate on the last t-shirt I bought. Uh, <laughs> we all love, love Ted Cruz, right? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, uh, there was a, a buddy in Austin made a, uh, a shirt that, that simply just said, fuck Ted Cruz and all the proceeds went, uh, towards some of the, 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 the catastrophes and what have you's of the freeze and, and people who need just basic like food, water, like baby supplies or whatever you call those things. And so, uh, that's my most favorite t-shirt purchase of, uh, recent days. So nice. Okay. So just so you know, Wayne is, Wayne is probably during the interview portion of, of this episode, Wayne's probably going to go order one for himself. <laughs> That's what I, I should. That's what I did last episode. I ordered oh. a shirt from Antones. I can't wait to get that. Happy yeah, to so, see the link. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Wayne, Wayne texts me after the recording and he goes, um, this is what I did during the interview portion of the episode. And he shows me a picture of the shirt that is in route to him because that's what he ordered. <laughs> that's what I do. And I'm so quiet. 
Yeah, if anyone wants to know why Wayne is so quiet during the interview portion, it's because he's ordering t-shirts. That's what he's doing. So, anyways. Um Let's see. Did I did I I haven't even said what what t-shirt I'm wearing. So, I'm wearing uh I'm wearing my the shins t-shirt. So, I haven't worn that for a while, Wayne. That's a good one. It is. You bought that for me, what, a year ago? When did we do that Shins episode? Oh, was it only a year ago? It might have been. Feels like longer. longer. Feels like it was longer. Um, Anyways, so uh, that kind of, I don't know, for for me, when I think about early 2000s, a couple bands come to mind. Arcade Fire comes to mind. Modest Mouse comes to mind. The Shins come to mind the killers, the strokes. Um, so that's, that's kind of where I'm, where, where my headspace was in, in picking this t-shirt. So anyways, nice. Um, and Wayne is Wayne. I can, I can, I now have video. So I'm watching <laughs> you, Wayne. I, I know that you're out there purchasing that t-shirt now. So, so Parker, um, you sent over to me some of your bio info. I think there's a lot to unpack here. So I oh wanted to ask you, I <laughs> wanted to ask you about a couple of the things on, on your bio. So it, you, you talk about, you spent much of your teens in and out of, of substance abuse treatment centers, searching for meaning in the world. I know that we're going to get to how important the record that you chose is in, in that search. But, um, you, you mention you pick out lyrics from those rehab journals and you're, you're, you're putting them to song. Like, um, is anything that, that you've recently released from those journals? Um, yeah, it's strange. Um, whoever wrote that bio, uh, did a very good job of, of, uh, <laughs> um, uh, ex- explaining uh, that. Uh, Thanks, mom. Thanks for writing that. Yeah, right? yeah, right, right. Shout out. Yeah, no. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, uh, so uh, there, there's a song on on an EP I put out in in 2018. As a matter of fact, a lot of that EP in 2018. Um, it's called Sharkbait. Um, I recorded it here in Austin with a guy named Brian Douglas Phillips and uh, his wrecking crew of a studio band. Um, the song shark bait, um, man, a, a lot of, a lot of those verses were written in, in a treatment center when I was, um, 19 or 20, something like that. Um, and then the song take this pain away. Um, I actually wrote a buddy of mine. We're just Facebook messaging at three in the morning. You know, we were, we were both pretty high on some substances going back and forth. Like did your dealer text you back and then we were, it was like lyrics back and forth you know and, and uh i i pulled some lyrics out of those conversations he ended up passing away a few years ago of an overdose but um that's yeah i recently um not so much just because I, I write i co-write a lot um yeah. and i don't have those journals you know ha- handy on you know on hand but um back in the day that that's how i i used to write songs you know i only knew like four five chords and, and I, I didn't, I just looked at my notebooks and just like, gee, 
D E Y, you know, and, and, and I just kind of like went off of that. But that's how I, I got into songwriting when I was like 18, 17, 18, something like that. Do you feel being being sober, you've been sober for what, six years? Uh, Yeah, six years and yeah, uh, six years last November. So, yeah. Excellent. Something like Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Do, do you Thanks. feel like sobriety has given you a different outlook on on songwriting uh clarity yeah a a lot of clarity um it's given me um just a a fresh perspective on uh like why i i'm a, a human uh in this competition of life right like why why i'm here uh what it is that i think i'm supposed to do um and how to channel that uh through melody through song um, I didn't even know what a melody was until I was like 20 years old. I just like sang what felt good. And then a few people were like, hey, man, work on that melody. Uh, and I was like, what's that? And like Liz Liz Rose of all people was like, here's what a melody looks like. And she, you know, she wrote hits for like Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh, that's who you are. Cool, man. That's what a melody is. That's how you write big songs, you know? And it's all about melody and lyric, you know? But um I don't know. I, I was such a sh- like I just wrote what felt wrote and sang what felt good, and then over time, like I'm a horrible musician. It just again, I just do what feels good, and, and then people graciously help me along the way. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you you mentioned um, that you uh, you you co-wrote uh, a, with a lot of different people. So we just had. Um, uh, Mondo signs on on the podcast we recorded with him last week. Notice that he's one of your your co writers, and he's written with a ton of people. Like we were looking at his resume, and I'm like, dang, like that's impressive. What are you getting from uh, you know your your co writing partners that you, you you mentioned that you're not a super musical guy, like you didn't. Uh, you didn't pick up a, a guitar until what, age seventeen? That's like what that, I read yeah. from your bio. Yeah. Um, so, so what are you what are you learning from from them as you're you know trying to perfect the craft here? Uh, I was very fortunate uh, to get thrown in the this gambit of songwriting with very 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 good songwriters uh, very early into my like career of co writing. I'll say um, I was. Yeah, like writing with very with seasoned songwriters that have been doing this for decades, and I'm going up to Nashville and you know go show up at this address and and you know don't fuck it up kind of thing. Like do your best, but like make sure you come home with something, you know. And 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 um, they're quick. They they co-writing teaches me how to like really be quick in terms of. Um, getting an idea out um, the and, and not wasting words, not wasting syllables, not wasting a memory, you know, um, really not wasting a word and not being redundant. You know, there's a lot of, uh, I, let me sum it up. It, co-writing with these wonderful human beings that I've been so fortunate to write with have, has taught me not to be lazy as a songwriter when I do write by myself, you know, not to waste anything not to waste any beat yeah. any word syllable thought never be redundant unless you have to kind of think for the sake of the song but um if that makes sense you know 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, um, a couple songs that you've put out in, in 2021 first is, uh, this is better than heaven. listen to this song before you told me what your record choice was i guess i wouldn't have been surprised by your selection of modest mouse because i do feel an early 2000s vibe to it it was was that what you were kind of going for with these are these are my influences and i'm going to channel that a little bit um no i don't know that um that song in particular we had a lot of fun with um my producer and myself at the time, we were very much uh, into Billie Eilish. Uh, still am. Uh, he still okay. is too. Uh, so like the percussive um, vocal delivery, like that was, I was, I was trying to channel my, my inner Billie, um, you know, <laughs> but um, the, from the rock element of it, um, some of those like scuzzy guitar tones, we were really trying to channel some, some like dead weather, some Jack White. Okay. Um, white early white stripe stuff um so i guess yeah early 2000s but more of the i don't even know what you would consider the the early you know white stripes records that's just like it's just rock and roll to me garage rock to me you know yeah yeah do you do you consider because i mean you don't have a whole lot of of music out there on spotify right now but you do cover what i would say is multiple multiple genres um and i'm so tired wayne i think i'm kind of tired of talking about genres because like we we talked about this on the last episode we recorded with blue water highway where we were you know they're they're on this um spotify playlist called fresh folk and i don't even know what the hell that means because like if you were to to think of you know folk music a la Joni Mitchell, Joan Baez, Bob Dylan. Like I hear some influences, but I don't hear that. So, so it's like, we're just going to put you on a playlist because we don't know what the hell genre you really belong to. That's really what it comes down to. So, so how, how do you considering that you're, 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 you know, you're newish to this. So how do you, how do you express to people this is the box that I'm I'm fitting in to try and get known? Man, I I'm so left of center of f- so many left of centers in in my realm. I feel I feel like um, there's def I, I love singing like I, I love really taking my vocal register you know, and, and, you know, wailing on, on 
some choruses in in that in that rock quote unquote rock realm. Um, but then I also love um, the the sing the indie singer songwriter esque whatever you. I don't. Yeah. I'm I'm like a. I'm like a smoothie, like a genre smoothie. I can kind of like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, um, and the record we're going to talk about, uh, definitely influenced the way that I, you know, project, um, words sometimes, but, but, um, putting out all these songs, like in terms of like, man, what, what Spotify playlist will, will, I mean, yeah. you know, but it's, it's just like hopes and dreams at that point. But like, alternative country like some 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 yeah. lady wrote all, grunge country grunge or something like that after she saw me play and like wrote this article or some something like that and then i've heard like rock like rock and roll so it's just it's i'm a smoothie of genre you know yeah. i don't know yeah yeah that that's a good comparison cuz and, and you can pretty much put anything in a smoothie and disguise it with all the other main ingredients. Like it's almost, um, you ever had a smoothie where you go, Oh, there's kale in this. Really? There's kale in this. Maybe that, maybe that becomes a new genre. Um, I, I you know, cause kale smoothie, the kale, the kale smoothie genre. I don't know. Yeah. What made it green? Oh, the kale. Yeah. Yeah. It was the kale. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, all right. I really dig your song, Pretty Flowers. That's uh, your most re- recent release. I love the line in it where you say, uh, I promise I'll never have to promise again. Fantastic line. Um, tell me more about this song because I'm, I'm guessing it's autobiographical based on the lyrics. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of it is autobiographical. I, I wrote that with Mondo Signs. Um, funny hey, yeah, there we there, go. There you go. That's that's why I like it. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anything I write with that guy is um, he's a true he's a true gem, man. He's he's I love his new record. It's so cool. But um, it's very good, very good. I don't know. I came in. I came into that to that right with um, the chorus. I, I like woke up, or I, I couldn't fall asleep and and um, just the the pretty flat. Tell me that you want some pretty flowers. It's basically like, like, uh, buying flowers to get out of the quote unquote dog house, you know, um, doesn't work anymore. You know, like yeah. my, my substance use, my, my, um, my selfishness, uh, and everything that comes along with that. I, I can't just mask how I show up as a human by, by buying a simple gesture of flowers and then everything's going to be okay. You know, that doesn't cut it anymore. You know, I've, I've really got to put some work in um, to myself first and foremost. And, and that was kind of the, the driving um, sentiment of the song. Yeah, I love it. Good tune, dude. Really like it.
All right. Uh, when do we expect full length? Man, that's the age old question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I've, I'm right now. The plan is I'm, I'm putting out a single every six weeks. Okay. Uh, we, we actually got in the studio um, this past week, the week before we're, we're cutting some new songs already for the, the next stuff. I don't know. I just, this whole coronavirus thing um, was such a gift in, 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 in a lot of ways for, for me as such a, like a baby artist, um, not really having like thing ducks in a row. So it's, I'm basically doing all this myself and, and um, for somebody in my situation, um, the, the whole like single gamut gambit, whatever you call it um, kind of makes sense. So basically expect the new song every six to eight weeks. All right. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. That works. It works. Wayne, anything else? Uh, no, I, 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 I said I got to, I listened to the two singles off the new record. Uh, love both of those. I did. I was listening to shark bait on a, on my, uh, commute, uh, yesterday. I really enjoyed that one. Trouble. I'd love that song. Very good. Thanks. So, um, so you were a referral from Rob. How, how do you know Rob? Through the producer that, that I work with Brian, um, who we did this last record. What's in it for me. That's, gonna come out eventually and then the shark bait ep um we 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 met through like hey listen this is a record that i did if you like it let's work together and i was like oh these sounds are really cool i'm hoping to meet this guy down the line and a few months later this was back in probably 2017 something like that um at a music festival this guy just like comes up and you know a mutual friend of of ours now um it's like, hey, I'm Rob Baird. And I was like, oh, that's you. I'm working with Brian. And and then it was just, we got lunch the next week. And, you know, here we are three, four years later, something like that. Yeah. And he's uh, one of my best friends. So Very cool. Very cool. I um I tweeted out today. Wayne, did you did you see this tweet? I did not. So I, I tweeted at Spotify. And I said, can you explain, hey, Spotify, can you explain why every time after I listen to an album that some song from Rob Baird music comes on after not complaining, just hoping that everyone else's algorithm is also bringing up Rob's music or our episode with Rob. Either one is good. Thanks Spotify. And they responded to me. So here's, here's Spotify's reply. Hey there. Thanks for reaching out. Could you DM us the username or email on the account along with a little more info about what's happening on your end? We'll see what we can suggest. Man, Rob will get a kick out of that. Yeah, they. I think they completely missed my my point on that. I, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just. I'm hoping everybody else's algorithm is is tied to to Rob also getting some some listens at the end of uh, albums. So, anyways, thought it was funny. Spotify completely missed missed the point. Um. All right. So Parker, tell us what record you chose to revisit for your episode. Uh, my 10th birthday present came out uh, April 6th, uh, 2004. Modest Mouse, uh, good news for people who love bad news. Excellent. Were there any other records that you thought about or was there just sentimental reasons that you're like, nope, this is the one? Uh, there there was one. Um, it was Hot Buttered Soul. Okay. Isaac Hayes. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's like six songs and it's an hour long. So go figure. That's a lot to cover. But um, (laughs) but no, this uh, this one got me through a a lot of stuff uh, trying to 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 get my life on track. And and, um, now it it means a lot more being listening to it um, with a you know, a sober mind. It's, it's very nostalgic listening to it. I I've listened to it probably, you know, 10 times since we've, we've decided to do this podcast and it's uh, a lot of, a lot of tear felt moments. So it's, it's really cool to, to do this and talk about it. Excellent. Well, we're going to stir up some ghosts then apparently, right? <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Let's stir those ghosts up. All right. Um, so bio info on this, so good news for people who love bad news. Fourth studio album from Modest Mouse. Wayne, where's the band from? Uh, Issaquah, Washington. Yep, absolutely. Old stomping grounds up there. Released uh, on April 6th of 2004, and it was released on Epic Records. It is. Um, it, it did sell pretty well. Sold a million and a half copies. Uh, it was certified platinum, and we did have some singles. We'll talk about each of the singles. Uh, did well uh, critically as well. It was nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Alternative Music Album in 2005. Didn't win, but hey, got nominated. I don't even know if is getting nominated for a Grammy doesn't even mean anything anymore. It's got to mean something. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the Grammy nominees. We're we're recording this the day before the Grammys is is uh, on and um, I'm probably not going to watch it at all. <laughs> Either of you guys going to watch it? I don't watch award shows. Uh, I've got a buddy up for for one, so I'm probably going to chime in for a little bit. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so I mentioned it didn't win. Let me see if you guys can guess who did win. So here are the nominees. Ready? So Modest Mouse, of course. PJ Harvey with Uh Huh Her, Franz Ferdinand's self titled, Bjork's Medulla, and then Wilco's A Ghost is Born. I feel like B- Bjork is always the critic's choice, but I would I, I would have said Franz Ferdinand. What do you think, Parker? Yeah, Franz Ferdinand. Wilco, A Ghost is Born. Okay. Yeah. So. That was, uh, I know they've been, they've, they've won a couple Grammy awards. I think that was their first, first Grammy award. That was, that was the Grammys making up for, um, lots of snubs for Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Yeah. That, that feels a lot like Jethro Tull beating out Metallica, but. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, all right. Personnel. Can anyone name any of the personnel on this album? Isaac Brock. Uh, flaming flaming Lips. Okay, yeah. How about any of the, uh, the the band members? Can you name anyone else besides Isaac Brock, who is the, uh, the uh, lead vocalist? And I know the drummer's name, but this is the one record he didn't make, so I, I'm out. <laughs> Got nothing. Yeah, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah Green is not on this album. So Benjamin Weichel plays the drums on this instead he is part of the helio sequence which is a sub pop band so 
Wayne, I don't know if you even know sub pop bands or if you're just ordering sub pop t-shirts. I think that's the only thing you're doing with. <laughs> that's not true. I love Orville Peck. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot you love Orville Peck. Yep. All right. Um, other personnel on the band, Eric Judy, who is on guitar. Um, it also said that he does a uh, percussion on this, but I feel like everybody does percussion on this, uh, on this album. And then Dan, I'm going to slaughter his name. Dan, uh, Gallucci. Does that sound right? He's not here. So. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, so guitar, Mellotron, Timpani. I was going to look that up. I don't know what a Timpani is. Anyone know what a Timpani is? I thought it was a timpani. I thought it was a cymbal. Oh, it was yeah, a timpani. timpani. I think it's just a drum. Yeah. Timpani drum, I think. Okay. All right. Well, that would make sense because everybody plays drums on this particular album. Wait, was Johnny Marr? Oh, that was later. No, he was on the next record. Next, next album. Yeah, next album, which is my favorite Modest Mouse record. Mm. I've got a, a tattoo of that on, on my arm, so yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> do, do we know why Jeremiah was not on this album? Ooh. I thought I read something like he was in a – he went somewhere to get his head straight. So the good times were killing him is what you're saying? Um, I, it, the, what I read explained it as, as you know, mental more so than substance abuse, but uh, – Oh, potato patata, I think. Yeah. In a lot of the, ways. The, uh, the, uh, the brass band for all like the, the, the horns and the, they've, um, I, I like, what do you call it? They've been on a lot of stuff. I think they're from, uh, Lake Charles, New Orleans or something like that. Yeah. They've been on a lot of stuff. Was it the dirty horns band or something like that? What, what are they called? Dirty dozen or something like that. I have it in my notes. Yeah. I have it in my notes later. Um, and then there's also the Rising Star Fife and Drum Band that's on a couple of the, the, the songs as well. We'll talk about that as we as we go on. All right. So so Parker, you, you mentioned that you got this album when you were what, ten? My uh my introduction to Modest Mouse, my uh, my cousin, her uh AOL email was Modest Mouse at something some uh, nineteen eighty three at uh, AOL.com and I was like, What's that? And um, seven-year-old Parker uh, finds uh, the Lonesome Crowded West or something like that. And my mind is just blown, you know? Um, And then uh, I don't know if I actually listened to this on my 10th birthday. Looking back, it's my 10th birthday present. Um, But I I definitely got into this record probably around um, 2010, definitely. 2009, 10. All right. So... Was that after the Johnny Marr album? Yeah. So the Johnny Marr album got me into this one. I'm pretty sure. And then I just listened to Modest Mouse on repeat for I, I up until this day, to be to be honest. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and I keep bringing up the Johnny Marr album because I totally forgot what it's called. Um, uh, we were dead before the ship even sank. That's it. That's it. All right. We were dead before the ship even sank. There we go. Should we should we get into it? You guys ready to go track by track? Ready. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on number of songs on the record. We made an executive decision to combine two tracks because 
well, we'll we'll get to it here in a, in a moment. Could have made that decision on a couple of more times too. Yeah, I, 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 we could have got this down to thirteen. Yeah, I probably probably should have. But uh, Wayne, how many how many how many tracks are we scoring for the sake of fifteen? Okay. So, for purposes of scoring, I made the executive decision to combine horn intro, which is track one, with the world at large to create one track. So that means, for the sake of scoring, to get our top five. Uh, top song is going to get 15 points. Next favorite, 14 on down to lowest score of one. So let's kick this off with horn intro slash the world at large. The days get shorter and the nights get cold. I like the autumn, but this place is getting old. I pack my belongings and I head from the coast. It might not be a lot, but I feel like I'm making the most. The days get longer and the nights smell green. I guess it's not surprising, but it's spring and I should leave. I like songs about drifters, books about the same. The both seem to make me feel a little less insane. Walked on and off to another spot. And I do recall hearing the world at large on XM. Because I had XM in 04, 05, 06, whatever it was. Um... To at the time of the release, I didn't find any chart position for it, so don't think it charted. Um, did either of you hear it on like an alternative radio station? And around here, you did. Yeah, yeah. Around on the end, they played. I mean, first of all, "Float On" was probably played on the hour. Uh, Once "Ocean Breathes Salty" came out, it was uh, like with them being so close and being so yeah. alt. Like I just like alternative. They just, they were even just different than other stuff that was being out. They were, they were beloved around here. They were playing all any, in fact, there were other um, tracks they would sneak in later at night on some of the, you know, rising star shows or young and restless uh, with Marco Collins, everything off this album got played. Yeah. All right. How about you, uh, Parker? Did you ever hear this on the radio? Uh, no, just the, the, the big singles. Yeah. Okay. All right. What do what do we have to say? Anything on? So I know we're going to talk a lot about lyrical stuff on this album because um, I think that there's a there's a lot of poignant stuff on this. Not much of it is happy. <laughs> this is not a happy album. <laughs> if you're if you're just looking lyrically, is there anything happy on this particular song? No, I wouldn't categorize it as happy. I mean. <sighs> There's a lot of, like I say, I do want to say for horn intro, I think that's a great way to start the record. It it definitely, it like gets your attention. Like, you know, it's like, it's time to start. There's, it's specifically, that was a good idea. Um, this track has this, it really captures that, the, the confusion and depression and this, this general, what, you know, what am I making of my, of my life? Uh, so there's not, and there's not a ton of positive stuff, necessarily happy, upbeat stuff, but I do, I love, I love, first of all, how he uses float on a couple of times in this song. Yeah. And then, um, I guess it would be maybe like the third section. Cause this really isn't a, a structurally, uh, a pop song, but when he talks about the days get shorter and the nights get colder, um, that the way he goes through and describes time in seasons and kind of puts it really to me, it just puts all of life 
right into that one section. You know what? The, the, the days get longer and the nights get colder. And then next thing you know, the days get longer and the nights. Well, I think smell the green. lyric is the nights smell green. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's the second part of it. Yeah. At towards the end of it. So, uh, it just the way he keeps, he moves your life on in these stages really quickly and that really eloquently in that one verse. And then I, I do the next part after that is because this song, like many is very autobiographical and it, they all have kind of a poetic nature to it. And I like, uh, I like songs about drifters about the, uh, books about the same. They seem to make me feel a little less insane, like reading about these, these people and writing songs about them helps him deal with his own, you know, feelings. It's just a very well-written song, but as I wouldn't call it upbeat or positive. Yeah. Parker, you're like nodding your head to everything that Wayne is saying. <laughs> so what, what do you got on this one? Well, I, I, I feel like there, um, I, I wish that there was like a bug in the room of every room of every entity of making this album, because like, when was this song written in reference to like all, because it's like, the end of this song, like this is such a dark song, like, and then the the instrumentation and the lift right at the last five seconds of the song is the intro to Float On, which is a happy song, right? Um, the referencing to Drifters and books about the same, like Bukowski, like he's referencing Bukowski, you know, and it's like Bukowski's track seven or something like that, you know? Um Ice Age Heatwave can't complain. If the world's at large, why should I remain? You know, it's just like, fuck life, you know? Like, like there's nothing positive about it, but it, there's just like, um, I feel like the band itself, I, I they went through a lot of hardship up until this record. And um, I think they were just like, let's leave it all out here and see what happens kind of thing. Like like a lot of songwriters do when, when you know, it, it gets tough, dude. It's just life, man. And I, Isaac Brock and whoever was a part of writing this, man, it's, it's it can't get better, man. This is so, such good writing. So you mentioned, so, so Wayne mentioned, you know, float on, uh, is, is mentioned in this. Um, there's definitely that reference to Bukowski that's coming, coming up earlier. Given that, do we think that this album is maybe a concept album that maybe I just haven't looked at it in that respect? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, in a lot of ways, I know he had lost a couple of important people in his life and those that comes out on, um, particularly on ocean breathe salty. Um, I think it was his, was it his half brother or his stepbrother was killed, uh, climbing Mount Rainier. Okay. I didn't know any of this. All right. All right. Let's get scores on, uh, on this Parker, your score. 13 out of 15. Wayne. Yes. 10. All right. This is my 12. All right. Next song. Float on.
this was played a lot. This was U.S., not just in the, in the Seattle area, but U.S. alternative airplay charts on Billboard number one and was a top 40 hit on the mainstream, peaked at number 32. So uh, this was definitely um, this is definitely being played in 2004, 2005. Uh, I mentioned the Rising Star Fife and Drum Band provide some additional drums on this. There's a lot going on percussion-wise. Um, so I'm sure it's not just them, but you know, I mentioned all of the other band members were also doing some percussion yeah, this would this would this is where Parker. I think that I would like to have seen what the production looked like because I feel like they probably pulled out some stuff percussion wise that you're just like, oh, that was you hitting a Nagahide lawn chair. Okay, cool. Um, so, anyways, um, what do you guys have to say about Float On, Parker? What do you got? I don't know if they they were. You know, if they knew that this song, who knows? This was a hit. This was the hit, right? Was it my favorite on the record? No. Um, but lyrically, like the pers- the sh- the shifting of perspective, like backed my car into a cop car. He just dr- it's okay. A fake Jamaican. I learned something. You know, somebody robbed for me. You know, some sleight of hand. I learned from it. You know, so there, there's just so many nuggets of. Um, like wisdom in, in such like a percussive fee. Like, and, and I think I, the way that Isaac Brock just, he's so percussive with his, with, he doesn't waste syllables. That's what I love about this dude. Um, and then it just simmers out with like, when you hear the, when, when you hear the chorus, it's just like you're floating on a, on a, on a, on a floaty, like in the ocean. And, and you're just like, okay, things are cool, man. You know? And it's just like, I can accept the things in life that are, that are eating me alive, but like, it's going to be all right, man. It's a really well done song. Yeah. And I, and I feel, especially because he took the, took, took the liberty of, of including in one of the lyrics about the fake Jamaican took every last time with that scam. I, I get uh, that Jamaican vibe, which you just mentioned, Parker, of everything's going to be all right, man. You know, I, I've I've had the opportunity on a couple cruises to go to Jamaica and, you know, we've we've paid for the, the, the tour guides who are Jamaicans and they're the coolest people in the world because it's like, yeah, man. What you know, and, and that's the vibe that I get for this particular song is look, here's here's all the, the crappy things that have happened, but you know what? We're all gonna float on. Okay, it's okay. That's all I got. Wayne. Uh yeah, and like I say, this is the big hit. This is the one that broke them. And um it's like part of their sound is that guitar. Uh, and his he has a unique voice like it's not he doesn't sound like anybody else and the no. combination of them just works so amazing together and i i uh i lo- i know he purposefully wanted to write something more positive i had read and i and for his for what he normally writes he kept genuine to himself there's a little bit of bad but a, but it always it, it works out all right like like parker had said you back into a cop car you expect Especially if you have a uh, like myself, you have a trouble with running your mouth off a bit too much of what did I say, 
and yet it all it all works out. He gets you know they he gets all his money taken by a fake Jamaican in a in a three card money scam, but it's all good. It's all okay. Um, he does it. He keeps it genuine to himself. Like there is a little bit of negativity, but he finds a way to spin out of it. And uh, and I love the the ending has that kind of that all that big all together now sing along effect to it. He like I said, he really brings it home on this. There's there's a there's a reason that this is their their most well known and biggest song. It it is it's cl- it's classic. Yeah. All right. Let's get scores. Wayne, what's your score? A fourteen. All right. Parker. Uh, this is my twelve. All right. I didn't want this to be my favorite, but every time it comes on, I remember why I love this song. And uh, <laughs> a great video too. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's great. So this is my 15. Like I said, I didn't want this to be my favorite. I like to be a little on the periphery, but um, nope, I got to stay true. This is this is my favorite song on the record. All right. Next song, Ocean Breeze Salty. was their second single off the record and it did 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 okay uh modern rock tracks chart number six and i guess maybe not as big a big a single in in the uk it was num- peaked at number 96 i don't know what that even means i don't know why i'm even bringing that up um all right wayne what do you got on on ocean breeze salty anything well i like how it, it has it it has a similar sound to float on. It's obviously a little bit slower and a little bit darker, but more of these really great poetic uh, lyrics. And like I said, I know he lost um, a couple of people close to him. And this, this thing reeks of that anger phase of, of grief um, where, and I know I had read something about, he, he, he had a great line about uh, his beliefs. It was, I'm a hundred percent on the whole Christianity thing being a crock of shit. Pretty much. I like how he threw pretty much in at the end. Like, you know what? I, I don't buy it, but hey, I, I'm not. Oh, I, I, there's there's a he left, left a little gray area. But when you start, when you don't have a deity to blame it on, then you you got nobody left but the but the people that were lost. And I love those lines about uh, you wasted your life. Why wouldn't you waste death? Uh, you wasted the life. Why wouldn't you waste the afterlife? Um, there's a there's a lot of anger in it. But yet there's also this this melancholy sadness he's lost these people uh and he's he's just and you can f- you can just hear him dealing with it yeah do you think that when he is referring to the ocean breeze salty is that a is that a good smell or is that a bad smell oh i love the smell of the ocean but i think it like I say it's just so poetic in nature especially that one line is you you missed when time and life shook hands and said goodbye i yeah. Wow. It's just like, it's this, this song is full of stuff like that. Yeah. Parker, what do you got? I don't know. I, I have gone back and forth. What is the metaphor behind the ocean? Um, and I, I feel like to me, what I have internalized, the ocean is the, the absence of God or, or the, the general conception of God, 
after you know like the the power of the universe like the ocean breathes salty you know what i mean like the the ocean's out to get you you know kind of thing like that yeah um you know there's a lot of references references of like can float on like self-reliance you know um i'm gonna be okay you know like life's i'm gonna make life what i'm gonna make it um like wayne said there's there's a lot of angst in this song my my favorite line in this song is um you missed when time and life shook hands and said goodbye <laughs> holy shit yes. like, like that's a good line oh uh, uh, you know like it uh, my notes on this song is this and i've talked to my guitar player seth about this and uh this is a perfect song to me like this is a perfect song um yeah yeah scores parker you already 15. mentioned perfect song so there we go all right uh wayne uh i i echo the sentiments 15 all right and this is my 13 i wanted to i wanted to be unanimous with you guys i'm like no i just can't there's there's two other songs that i like more um but i love it it's still still a song that i i'm i'm completely okay with cranking up and you know, Parker, I'm I'm with you. We we listened to this album, or at least I did, four or five, six times over the last couple of weeks, and um, I always look forward to hearing the song. So, well, I was gonna say there is if you if there's a there's a line in it that's very like all of these songs are connecting each other a little bit because there's a the line about collected my belongings and left the jail. Well, yeah. thanks for the time. I need to think a spell. Like he 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 gets thrown in jail. And yet he finds a way to, to give it a little bit of a positive spin on the way out the door. That's not what I said when I left jail. That's a, oh yeah, same. Yeah, I went straight to rehab. <laughs> <laughs> but the, like, talk about like a first three track to a record. Like, yeah. Ah, oh, man, it's so, it's close to perfect for like first three songs of an album, man. Yeah. And then we're, and then we're going to stop the perfection with Dig Your Grave. Unless you, if you would have, if you would have edited it into the next song, then it would have saved it. Because I agree, this thing is heavy in the beginning, and then I think it ends really well. It has, it does have a couple dicey spots in the middle. Yeah, uh, but other than that, like I say, this one, the the dig your grave. It happens so fast, you don't even. It's almost you don't even realize it. And listening to it in headphones, it's a little bit clearer. But just on my phone, I it was unintelligible. I, I I got the lyric sheet and I was like, I I didn't I don't think there's enough time to say all those words. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and and just just keep this in context. Late '90s, early 2000s. We've already talked about this on multiple occasions. Wayne, producers and bands were like we're going to throw everything on this because we have 80 to 90 minutes on a CD that we can, that we can jam pack as much crap on here and we're going to. So here's dig your grave. And this is my only criticism of this, of this album is this just wasn't necessary. And I know that you mentioned <laughs> you you could have blended it with bury me bury me with it. Nah, it's just I, yeah, this is my one. Parker, what what do you got? 
the context, but it's my two, you know, um, I, I don't know if they did it, you know, they didn't want to do a radio edit album or not a radio edit, but like, I, I just want to know the context behind it. Cause I know that like, he was very unhappy with his significant other in a, a certain child that was decided to, to be born. And, 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 uh, I, I don't, I just want to know more about the context behind why and, and the what's and the how's of this, how it got put on there and then bury me with it is all I don't we'll get into oh. that but yeah all right Wayne what was your score on dig your grave uh one I agree with you I don't know that it hadn't it was necessary yeah all right so with that we go into bury me with it gets its title from the line in the song and it's a great line like great line wayne what what do you got on burying me with it I, I to me the there's the anger that i had talked about in, in ocean breeze salty this is all tied up in the music this has almost like a hip-hop feel to it it's very it's just very aggressive like in your face and the I feel the themes that I think he touches on you know mortality and you know complain you know the there seems to be some some making mainstream like some questions about making it you know into the mainstream at least alternative music. Um, there's even some drug references in here. So he's, but all of that is just it's just like all to me it's all tied up musically to this this beat that's just just it's like punching you in the face. It's aggressive uh, in the in the best way. Which is, a, which is exactly what Wayne wants. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's like it's got that squeaky like like I it I just bob my head and then and then as soon as the chorus hits I'm just like head banging the whole time and then it simmers out and it's talking about hummingbirds and I'm just like what hum, what's the meta I'm always like what is the metaphor behind Isaac Rock you know yeah yeah I and I would like I would love to just sit down with him and and just pick his brain on what do you mean by we were aiming for the moon. We were shooting at the stars, but the kids were just shooting at the buses and the cars. I, I where, yeah, like I'm, I'm out of words. I don't, I don't know where you're coming up with this stuff, but it's, and there's so much economy with the words as well. You brought that up earlier, Parker, that um, he doesn't, he doesn't mince the words like he gets right to the point on all of these lines. And there's just so many good lines on this, this, this album. So yeah. Life handed us a paycheck. We said we worked harder than this. sounds like being in the music business. Yeah. I I say that all the time. (laughs) Um, Let's get scores on this. Um, Wayne, what do you got for burying me with it? 
12. Parker? Uh, that's my eight. All right. And this is my six. And I f- feel really bad about my score because I do really dig this song. Um, all right. Next song is Dance Hall. And the muffled vocals, I I get, I get that you're coming out of this aggressive "Bury Me With It" song, and you've got another aggressive song with "Dance All." The muffled vocals, though, I rarely like this trick. It's probably one reason why I'm not a as big a fan of Jack White, like my good friend Wayne is. So, does it does this work? To me, I don't mind the the. I guess I don't mind the vocals as much. Um, the really, there's not a lot to the song lyrically. Most of it's I'm gonna dance all dance hall every day, uh, yeah. but it's just got I don't know. It's like this scary clown carnival sound. It's just I I just was not I wasn't feeling it. Wayne Wayne scared of clowns. If you I don't mind that. clowns, they're just. I, well, it. I'm scared of Pennywise. That's it. I'll, I'll agree to that. <laughs> Parker, what do you got on this one? My grandmother has uh, clown figurines and fo- like cool, like <laughs> legit ones. They're just all over her house, and I'm terrified myself. Um, I have dance hall as a four, but I did read on dance hall in the offices of Rolling Stones. This was a song that like, they just like rage to in the offices and just got wasted at, uh, at the end of the day. I, I it's, it's my four, but like, again, like it's two back to back rockers. And then obviously we'll get into the next. I, I love the, the, the wave of this album and the arcs of, yeah. you know, so I think uh, these two songs are definitely there for a purpose. I like the song. It's just, again, it serves a purpose. Uh, it's my four. Yeah. And that's why, even though this is my two, it's not, it's not a bad two where, whereas, you know, my one definitely, I didn't want that on the album. This one serves a purpose i think it's a good bridge between bury me with it and bukowski it's not my favorite song definitely based off of my two score but um yeah i think that that in the 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 whole album uh progression it 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 works so all right next song is bukowski Sacrifice to live if God takes life, he's an Indian. Give us some tell me now what you'll tell me never who would wanna be Who would wanna be such a control freak? Well who would wanna be Who would wanna be such a control freak? I had to do some research on Bukowski. I've never read any Bukowski. Have you guys read any Bukowski? No, but I am inspired to. Par- Parker's jaw just dropped when I said that. I um, it 
that's again a reason why um, this this band and this record. This was my introduction to Charles Bukowski and his his poems okay. and his literature. Um, changed changed my my world as a writer. Um, a lot of it's very very hard to understand, but it's just yeah, very dark stuff. Yeah, and I was looking so some of the info on on I guess he goes by Carl Bukowski. Is that right? Or is it Henry? I, I just know him as what's on the, yeah, I the just book. As Charles, Bukowski. Yeah, Charles yeah. Bukowski. Yeah. So he was a German-American poet, um, also a short story writer. I guess he, he wrote a couple novels as well. Uh, the FBI had kept a file on him because of his column, Notes of a Dirty Old Man, which was in an L.A. underground newspaper called Open City. Uh, other things that I, that I found out about this. So I had no idea. So the band hot water music gets its name from a Bukowski book. I did not know that. I did not know what that, the, the, uh, origin of hot water music. I'm, I'm looking at a, at a book and it's, it's titled burning in water, drowning in flame. And it's, it stays on my shelf. There we yeah. go. Hot, <laughs> hot water music. There you go. It sounds like I need to go read some Bukowski, but my guess is Wayne's going to connect to to it way more than I will. <laughs> Probably. I like <laughs> stories about drifters, just like Isaac. And, and assholes. Oh, that's, yeah, well, unfortunately so. <laughs> All right. What do you got on this one, Wayne? Uh, it, you know, I love, I like the pace of this coming off dance hall. It's, it, it, it's weird. It, it's not a sudden stop, but it, it kind of starts to move things in a different direction. Um, and I love the, uh, cause I, once again, I think he's touching on more than one point. Not that I, I, I was so fascinated by the idea that I hadn't read any Bukowski and I feel like, like I'm inspired to, but I, my favorite part was the, well, all that icing and all that cake, I can't make it to your wedding, but I'm sure I'll be at your wake. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Take that first wife. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Um I was uh at a loss for for words on that one. Uh what what do you got Parker? The metaphor, I don't know. I read into a lot. Uh, I love the banjo. I know there's been some like muffled banjo in a, in a lot uh of the songs. I shouldn't say a lot of banjo, but there's this is the first introduction to banjo being a little bit more prevalent um, yeah. in the record. Um, I I feel like this is um, like God, God, a hypocrite, God is a hypocrite, you know, like this is, this is um, who would want to be, who would want to be such an asshole, who would want to be, who would want to be such a control freak. Um, I listened to this song just, again, this is one of those records that just got me through a lot. And this song in particular, uh, I, I could sing it in my sleep. You know, um, yeah, yeah. Evil home stereo. What good songs do you know? Like talking about growing up with a super messed up uh, religious family. E- like what? What good curves can you th- like? Evil home stereo. Like growing up with just really messed up religious just beliefs crammed down your throat. That metaphor makes me want to just write better songs. 
You know, it's just ah, oh, an incredible writing. Let's get scores on this. I'm I'm surprised by the scores on this because I I have this as my eleven. Wayne, I thought this this was going to track higher for you, but what's your what's your score? Uh, six, but I mean, it's just just like I say, there's so much. Uh, putting it in order was difficult, but yeah, I, I think like say what Parker said, I think ties into the next song. I think each one of these songs, they, they there's at least some small connection to the next one. It's like yeah. a big chain link. Yeah, Parker, your score? Uh, nine. Okay. So This Devil's Work Day is the next song. I just have that that horn intro dot 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 all right so this is dirty dozen brass band as you alluded to uh, earlier parker um lyrically uh again economy of words for 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 this gonna take the sack of puppies gonna set it out to freeze gonna climb around on all fours till all the blood falls out my knees like dang like yeah there's just again lyrically this is um this is this is strong parker what do you got on this one the devil's work day is not referenced in the song correct no no so i'm just thinking you know all the people that you know all the people that you know all the people that you know are floating in the rivers or floating in the river are logs so again cool reference it's it's my three love the horns that's all i wrote on it yeah do you think that the 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 floating in the river are logs is that a hades reference like the the river sticks reference i think i think so yeah wayne what do you got yeah this i mean it has this real swampy and like the religion is clear in it like the almost the mockery of it it remind you know what it reminded me of something that would open up an episode of true blood or something it definitely has something very southern about it but uh it also reminded this because i had read his wikipedia page and he had talked about uh, growing up in that family uh that that had it was a specific religious uh sect i i couldn't say i remember what it was but he was like at 10 years old these you know deacons in this church tell him to speak in tongues and he's you know a 10 year old kid and all he wants is this to stop and he just starts quickly throwing out phrases from mary poppins just to try to to try to get the and they love it. They 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 absolutely love it. They think that he's he's speaking in tongues. And this song kept making me. Kept, I kept seeing that and that those images were the ones that that. Uh, and there's also a reference to a wedding cake. Once again, I think there's little connections. Like you had mentioned, a con, I don't know if it's a concept record in its in, in in the truest form, but I think he connect. He keeps some sort of connection between all these songs. Yeah, the last time I spoke in tongues, um, it was also a spoonful of sugar, but it was in German, I think. That was a joke. It didn't land very well, did it? Okay. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That, 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 that works, too. That works, too. 
All right. Uh, scores. Toppins. Yeah, Toppins. There we go. Toppins. <laughs> All right. Uh, Wayne, your score? A three. Parker? Yeah, three Three for me as well. Yeah, three. Yeah. Yeah, this is my four. All right. Next song is The View. going to throw this over to parker because this scored way higher for you than it did for me what you got on this one okay this song for me um i remember being homeless listening to this song i remember being um coming sick coming off of drugs listening to this song um crying listening to this song and then listening to this song you know, finding sobriety, listening to this song, because it's like being on the other side of that. Um, As life gets longer, awful feels softer, but it feels pretty soft to me. And if it takes shit to make this blissful, then it feels pretty blissfully. Dude, I, this is like my favorite lyrics of any song of all time. And you, there will never be a better song to me. I know it's not my 15 because I don't know, man. Um, there's just so much. Isaac Brock has like as the the main feedback that I get in my music is that I don't know who your voice sounds like, and and uh, it uh, I don't get it. It sounds cool, but like, a, and it's like I, I guarantee, like Isaac Brock got a lot of that when when he was just starting out playing music because his voice is so out there. Um, but why would you want to try and? sound like somebody else like isn't that isn't that the whole kind of i mean maybe i'm looking at it um from an artistic standpoint instead of a i'm gonna make money standpoint but from an artistic standpoint don't you want to be unique and and have your own voice that very valid. Now my my relationship with that sentiment has definitely changed. I'm I'm incredibly you know grateful for for that element of, of you know what I what I can bring to music. But like starting off playing music and and I'm just like hearing all my friends at open mics and it's just like I don't I suck because I don't sound like any of these like people. But writing songs now and and you know hearing what people in the in the biz have to say it's 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 now like okay that's cool like i i do have a quote-unquote like foot in the right direction uh that i i can't change like i can't change the way my voice sounds which is it's good apparently so um i'm very happy with it now (laughs) absolutely um my only note on this is it has a very we've got everything vibe to me to to it for me and that, of course, song on the the following record. Um, Wayne, anything on the view before we get scores? Uh, it, you know, I I think the guitar stands out to me, and then the way he that that almost like a 
like a machine gun delivery on the verses and then the chorus is just so kind of got a kind of a really floaty feel to it and then I, I i did i love that those lines about as life gets longer and feel awful feels softer well it feels like as bad as it is you know, you know it it's it's can only get worse i mean there's just lots of great stuff in this i mean and a, and a lot of it, there's a lot of times where it feels like it's questioning the meaning of life or the lack thereof yeah all right what's your score on this one 12 parker uh this is my uh 14 all right and this is my seven next song is satin in a coffin I don't have any notes on this other than Isaac Brock is on the banjo on this one. Not a whole lot lyrically on this one. I don't think. Right. Or is there, am I missing something? Uh, you know, I'm going to assume this is a lot about death, just uh, not only from the title, but, but you some, think <laughs> some of the other references, it uh, tipped me off, but uh, I like this one. I feel like he uses a little bit of, of what I liked about, uh, uh, the few, though, what little I liked about Devil's uh, Workday, he 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 uses in here to much better effect. Yeah, Parker, anything on this one? Um, I uh, thought that the title of this song was "Satan in a Coffin" for a very very long time, probably up until <laughs> um, um, probably like five six years ago, because I just listened to it this record on yeah. repeat, you know. Um, Again, I just want to know what it's about. <laughs> I love the ban- love the banjo. Yeah, the banjo's great in it. All right. Uh, this is my five. Parker, your score? This is my five. Wayne? Seven. All right. That leads us to interlude in parentheses, Milo. And the baby is Milo Judy, the son of bassist Eric Judy. And this is only, what, 30 seconds long? How long is this one? Oh, yeah, it's in that, that realm. Oh, it's almost, it's almost a minute. It's almost it a felt minute. like musically it had more to it. I can, this one, I, I gave my four. Um, I don't, I, I, I guess in the title interlude too, it kind of, it's not necessarily at the middle, but it feels like it's setting up the big finish. And so I do like that kind of yeah. Celtic folk thing. That's kind of, kind of a, like a, an inter- interlude kind of intermission waiting to, to finish this thing off. Yeah. And, and usually I'm pretty critical at interludes, especially in the CD age, but I, I'm right there with you. I think this sets up the next song, which I really love, 
but I think this album finishes strong. And I think that that was, I don't know if it's, it was necessary, but I see why they put it in there, which is why it, it's my three. Um, Parker, what's your score on this one? Uh, it's my one. Um, I don't know. Uh, How come you hate babies, Parker? <laughs> I'm just not a no, kid No, I'm just guy. kidding. That's, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, you nailed it. I'm just not a, not a kid. Kids freak me out, man. Because <laughs> I was such a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next song is Blame It on the Tetons. And I love this song. Full disclosure. So if we're looking at the Tetons as being a mountain range within the Rocky Mountains and it extends through Wyoming. So I went to school for the first two years of my college days at Rick's College and the Tetons are pretty close to Rexburg, Idaho. So, um, and and the dam up there is even called the Grand Teton Dam. Hey, uh, and so you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I have a little bit of uh, of personal connection to that. I don't even know if it is talking about the Teton Mountain Range. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. Um, he's just using that as as one of those metaphors. I think because. You know, if you look at the lyrics, blame it on the Tetons. Yeah, I need a scapegoat now. It just seems like maybe it's just a random thing where it's like, this is where I'm going to yeah, blame like everything. Blame it on the mountains. On. Like they're, yeah. well, it's just as good as an excuse. You know, it's just as good as anything else. Anything else. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I love this song. Like there's, there's just a vibe to it. It's, it is the longest song on the record at five minutes, 25 seconds. I don't know what else to say on this other than it's just, it's a, it's a mood piece and I, and I completely dig it. Wayne, what do you got on the, on blame it on the Tetons? Yeah. And I, I'm just looking at my score thinking, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I, cause I also like this song, I, but I think it sneaks up on you. It, it has a sweetness to it that I, that kind of grows on you. And there's a lot of musically stuff that's not done like the keyboard riff and the strings, uh, I haven't really heard that previously. And then the bass, there's that guy get, you know, gets a, a some time to shine in yeah, this also. Yeah, but sure. it always conjures these images of just a guy staring out the window of his rehab at the mountains, trying to trying to put his life, you know, into some sort of order. Um and and so it like it created these great images in my mind, but I and so I don't understand my my low score. I got nothing. <laughs> 
Parker, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I think, um, again, it's just the met. Like, what is the metaphor? I think um, my favorite verse would be the, I don't know. I got verse two and verse four, I guess, where it talks about the spiders. I just love his vocal inflection, how, how it, it's just so beautiful with the strings. And, and um, I, I wonder if this did get picked up in a, in a movie or TV show of some sort because it, it does have a, a sync vibe. Um, I don't really have a lot other than it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this is my 14. Wayne, your score? A five. Parker? That was my 10. Okay. Next song is Black Cadillacs. And as a shock to absolutely no one, this song scores high for Wayne because he does drop the F-bomb multiple times. Yes. Or is it? Or is there anything else? It's, I think it's the way he uses it. I, it's not specifically that. It's the way he does say that. And all, I mean, because he does the same thing on Cirque, Cirque, Circling Around. I, it's just the way he uses it. I think this one sounds, while Black Cadillacs, and there's been a lot of death imagery, and there's even a little bit in this, this sounds like a breakup song. And I think that is perfect. Um, when, you, you know, it goes from, you know, talking about that first verse, it's true. We named our children after towns that we'd never been in. And I don't know if he had children at the time um, or if it, it kind of, to me, it felt like naming unborn kids. So this, this, this relationship starts out with all of these kind of this rosy part. And then towards the end, it's, it's being, I know, complete, you know, it, I didn't die and I ain't complaining and I ain't blaming you. There's a lot of uh, very poetic kind of, breakup stuff to it but it's got a it's almost like got this stomp feel to it after outside of those cattle the 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 chorus i guess you would say it's got this really strong stomp like cadence to it that and like say with that fuck fuck fucking around and the circ circ circling around he really it just has a great feel to it yeah and sequentially again we talked about how each of the songs kind of build off of one another or kind of make reference back to one another. So in the previous song, he uses the the line of language is a liquid that we're all dissolved in. And then you go over to this particular song and in one of the, the verses, he's like, while our feet clung tight to the ground, so pleased with ourselves for using so many verbs and nouns. Like, I feel like that is, a, a, again, just building off of the, the, the previous song. Parker, what do you got on this one? Man, I, I think this, this song is about Isaac and his mommy issues. Okay. Um, I didn't die and I ain't complaining, I ain't blaming you. Talking about kind of that evangelical, like her just dragging him around, you know, all over the country in this religious, you know, company. I, I love the, I don't, I, again, like, I don't know the background and it's true. We named our children after towns that we've never been to. I don't know what that reference is, but I, I don't know. Um, 
I love the the synth or what it Mellotron or whatever that the intro hooky instrumental hook is, you know, like um I don't know. I I just I want to believe that that this is about um kind of his upbringing. Uh, but I don't know. Who okay. knows? All right. Your score on this one? Um this is my 7. Okay. Wayne uh, 13. All right, this is my 10. And then next song is One Chance. don't have any i really don't have any um notes on this one other than i i circled i'm just a box in a cage i'm just a box in a cage do we think that he's referencing smashing pumpkins with that interesting rat in a cage reference i don't know put the rat in a box put the box in a cage put the cage in a cave or put the message put the message in a box World party reference, maybe. I don't know. Um, Parker, what do you got on this one? Not a lot. Uh, I, I think it's just, uh, it's hope. Um, I, I definitely think that this is um, a, a, a little nugget of, um, hey, uh, my name's Isaac Brock. I can re- write a hopeful, happy song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that this, it sets up the grand finale for the next song. Like, I really love the sequence of how this ends, like how this, this album comes to a close. Um, This is my eight Wayne, your score. I also gave it an eight. And like I say, I agree with Parker there. There's a hopefulness to it. But once again, like with float on, he, he stays genuine to himself because it's you, you have, you have one chance, but that's it. You got to get it right. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Parker, your score. Uh, this is my six. All right. And then we're going to wrap this up with the good times are killing me. Is there an ashtray out here? What? Can we smoke in here? Yeah, Eric's got those pockets. The good times. Yes. It's the good times. The good times. And the Flaming Lips provide some additional instrumentation on this one. That's all I got. That's the only thing I got. What What do you guys have for uh, for notes on this one? The uh, the Can we smoke in here? Like right at the top of the song. I love that. I want to know who said it. It's got to be somebody from the Flaming Lips, right? Can we Can we smoke in here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's just another one of those. It's very percussive. And then the 
the co- fed up on all that LSD, need more sleep than coke and methamphetamines. I, the good times are killing me, man. Like that's that's like I I need I need that you know tattooed on my face. Like that's the story of my my life up until like when I got sober at twenty. You know, and and it's like oh. What an, uh, a perfect like bow tie to a, again, one of my favorite records of all time. I don't, I don't have a lot. I, um, I didn't actually know that the flaming lips were a part of this until, um, just prepping for, for this podcast, yeah. you know, and it, it, I think it's so cool. Wayne, anything? To me, this is, this is irony. Uh, Mrs. Morissette, uh, because of all of the success and, you know, you get, then comes that availability. And so now if you have addiction problems, now you're, cause I, I love that. Have one more, have, tw- have 21 more. So you have all of yeah, this, all line. of this is available and now you're, you're using it. And he's, and the next day it's, you know, it's, it's getting harder and harder. These good times are, are all of this work to get to this point is now taking its toll. I mean, just like I say, enough hair of the dog to make yourself an entire rug. That's great. All right. Scores Parker. What do you got? I wish it were higher, but uh, this is my 11. All right. This is my nine Wayne. And I gave it a nine and I wish it was higher. Like I say, I think it works so well as a closer. It has kind of that, that soft soaring and credit and credit kind of feel to it. Right. Nice way to close it out. Yeah, agreed. Again, I really love the sequencing on this record. All right, uh, did we cover everything? Did we miss anything? Oh, we got the we got the the meat of it. Yeah, the 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 meat before the fossils. What's what's <laughs> the line on that one? I think that was something like something like that. Yeah, some something like that. Something like that. Um. All right. Any guesses on number one? The ocean breathes salty. Yeah, the Ocean Breeze Salty, average score of 14.33. Float On, average score of 13.66. It's our second, third, The World at Large. And fourth is The View, with an average score of 11. And then Black Cadillacs, average score of 10. That's our our, our uh, fifth. So that's a pretty solid five. <laughs> nice. Right? Oh, yeah. Even though we don't have it, either of the the closing two tracks, one chance or the good times are killing me. But again, yeah, this is a solid, this is a solid album, solid album sequentially as well. All right, any last thoughts on um, on this Modest Mouse record, Parker? I'm, uh, I don't know. It's one of the best of all time. I don't know. All right, cool. All right. Well, this is uh this was a lot of fun. Thanks for bringing this up. Oh yeah. So remind remind our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Parker Chapin. Uh the the easiest nutshell uh parkerchapin.com uh Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm not a big tweeter, but I've got it. Um Google Parker Chapin and find find me. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Last question. We lift this from our fellow podcaster here in Orlando who does the Scotch and Good Conversation podcast. So this is how we got hooked up with you from from Rob. So who do you know that I don't know who should join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? 
Ooh, I'm actually going up to Nashville in a couple of weeks. Um, my buddy Ruben Bedez, he's uh, he's putting out some new music. Uh, he's a great, great writer in Nashville. Um, met him through Rob also. Okay. Um, love that guy. We actually, he's he's got two two songs on on the record that that um, I sent you guys. Perfect. I'd love to link y'all up. Perfect. All right. We'll talk offline. All right. As a reminder, you can find all of our old episodes by going to recordsrevisitedpodcast.com. Of course, you can find us on the socials. I'm on Twitter, at Podcast Records. You can also find us on the Facebook page. Just search for Records Revisited Podcast. Wayne is on the Instagram. Where can they find us there? At Records Revisited Podcast. That's way too easy. And then, of course, you can... you know, find a find our podcast on all of the major platforms. It's been a while since we've had any uh, any listener scores out there or or listener ratings. So um, go 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 give us some love or or don't tell us we suck. We'll 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 take the feedback. Uh, and of course, uh, go subscribe and rate or review us on all the major platforms. So thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. I would tell you to go to a live show, but you know the drill on that. Uh, So support your favorites out there on any of the live streaming events that they're doing. Be sure to buy a t-shirt of the band. Buy a record. You can go visit a record store. Just do it safely. Mask up. Socially distance yourself. You know the drill. Just be safe. We are Records Revisit, and we are... Out. Out.